Let's get nuts. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus, and it is a Wednesday, a little after 12. You know what that means. It's time to talk about the National Football League, the NFL. There's nothing bigger than the NFL. And we're talking with the best. We're talking with Russell Copeland. My man played in the Super Bowl. My man played for the Bills, the Eagles, played for the Packers, and, of course, your hometown Memphis Tigers. He joins me, and he joins me now What's up, Cope? How is life treating you, my friend? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Johnny. How's it going, my man? Man, it's going extremely well. Um, You know, I'm ready for what all that 2024 is going to bring. 2023 was awesome. The way that the year ended with some of these great football games going down the stretch has been unbelievable. But we come now to week 18, and there is still so much to be decided. It's not even funny. It has absolutely gotten crazy. And I'm looking – and I'm looking – Basically, this Jags team, and I'm wondering, they were once 8-3 and three on the season, okay? They seemed like a lock for the playoffs. Now they're in a must-win situation going into Nashville. Ryan Tannehill's back playing quarterback as Will Levis has gotten injured. Uh, the Tennessee Titans have nothing to lose. Can the Jaguars win this game and make the playoffs? And if they do win this and make the playoffs, can, you, can this team make any noise? I think I think Johnny the, the Jaguars do have the potential, but I think you know you talked about it being eight and three, and now they've kind of faltered uh, going down the stretch. It's going to be about consistency and how healthy is Trevor Lawrence, and they need their playmakers to play. And when you look at them going down the stretch, not winning those games they were supposed to be able to win, they ha- they were not playing um, complimentary football as well as they were playing early in the year. I think they can beat the Titans, but right now, you know, every team that's not making the playoffs. They're, they're not just out there playing. They're playing for jobs. They're playing for contracts. Uh, Mike Vrabel is playing for his job on the mm-hmm. line. And, and players have a lot of pride. So, so they definitely want to spoil it and make things really interesting going into the last week. But I do think the Jaguars have the team to win on the road. But they've got to play a lot better than, than what they've been playing over the last five weeks. Yeah, Doug Peterson's going to have to get the best he can out of a banged-up Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. wide receiving core that I thought was going to be so special. Been a, bit, been a little bit off. Now, same division, AFC South, Jaguars 9-7, and seven, Colts 9-7, and seven, Texans 9-7. and seven. Jaguars win in Nashville. They win the division. But Indian, Indian the Texans are basically playing – for either the division or the right to play in the wild card and make this postseason. The game is in Indianapolis. Houston is a one-point favorite. C.J. Stroud has been extremely impressive. Who you got and why? C.J. Stroud has been playing outstanding football. He's missed the past couple of weeks. He came back last week because of concussion. Um, I I really think the Colts win at home. I, I, I really like the way they've been playing the last few weeks, they've been very competitive. I think they went at home. And, you know, when you come down to the last week, it's really about taking care of your own business. And we just talked about the Jaguars. If the Jaguars win and take care of their business, they're in. But when you look at the Colts and you look at, you know, how they've been playing, look at the Texans, you know, it's hard for me to go against the Texans, how, how C.J. Stroud's been playing. But, but the Colts have been playing just 
just as well. They're playing at home. So them playing at home is the reason why I give them that one-point advantage, and I say they win the game. But that's going to be an outstanding game. And, Johnny, this division is always usually going down to the last week. It's always very competitive. Yeah, it really is. It's absolutely wild to think about. And Gardner Minshew's played pretty damn good this Mm -hmm. year for the Colts. Mm -hmm. Again, he's holding the spot for Anthony Richardson. Who knows where he'll be backing up next. But, again, for a guy to come in there, the moxie that he carries, he can throw a pick, but he doesn't get down on himself. He just keeps going out there and slinging the ball all over the dead gum yard. And again, this Colts front seven is really good. Their offensive line is really good. It's going to be a great game. They it play. Is. They play uh, again. It's the seven fifteen game on the six Colts and the Texans. Now your Buffalo Bills are playing the Dolphins, and this is for the AFC East title. Baltimore smoked Miami last week. Bradley Chubb got injured. Tua got banged up. Did Mike McDaniel screw the Dolphins in their season by leaving them in a game that was an absolute rout? Well, I mean, you you have to question his decision. When when you look at later in the fourth quarter and you still have your starters playing and you look at Chubb being injured, you have to question that. You know, I you know, I was looking at it as the game was progressing. I was like, you know, it's time to really take your starters out and be prepared for the most meaningful game, which is next week, because that game was already out of hand. You wasn't going to win that game. So you want to be able to go against, you know, the Bills, which is this week, with, with all hands on deck. So I, I definitely question that. Uh, but still, they're, they're going to go out and play. And, and at this time of the year, Johnny, everyone is banged up. Everyone is stitched up. Everyone is trying to make sure that they can be as healthy as possible. But everyone is sore. But what's on the line makes your players be able to go out there and play for a few hours to be able to get into the playoffs. And that's going to be a heck of a game. I like the Buffalo Bills. I think they're playing better than anyone besides the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC. Uh, they know what's on hand. They've turned the ship around. They're playing like the team that everyone thought that they would be at the beginning of the year. They had their lull in the middle of the year. I like the Buffalo Bills. I love the Buffalo Bills. And again, I got to give a lot of credit, though, to Joe Brady. They replaced Ken Dorsey, uh, an offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. I'm not trying to put everything on him. But you basically knew what you were going to get from this Buffalo Bills team. They were going to put everything in Josh Allen's hands, mm-hmm. in shotgun, four wide, one back. And they were like, Josh, go win the game. Now they're running the ball with James Cook. Now they're doing actually a little play action. And by the way, before when Ken Dorsey was there and he would you know act like he was going to hand the ball off, linebackers were already stepping back in their drops. They did not respect the, you know, the play action. Mm-hmm. Watch lately. He goes and does a little play action. Those linebackers are coming up. And with Josh Allen's accuracy and arm strength, he is just hitting BBs over the top, you know, over the linebacker in front of the safety. And the offense looks so different with Joe Brady. I, I, I think the main the main difference is it's not necessarily the points that were scored. It's the balance, as you talked about, running the football, the potential of running the football. Now defenses have to play honest. And now you take a lot of pressure off of Josh Allen because of that running game, and now he can run when he needs to run and not just putting the team on his back, having to force throws, having third and long. Now they're winning winning on first downs. They're winning on second down. So now you have that play-action pass, and, and it's wide open. The playbook is wide open. And that defense now gets a rest because, you know, when you have that gunslinger mentality, sometimes you go three and out. You're turning the football over. Your defense is back on the field. Now your defense is getting rest because you're, you're sustaining drives, and this is definitely a better offense overall, not from point standpoint, but just how when you look at the balance that they have running the football and throwing the football. 
Ravens, everybody has to say, if you look at the Ravens in the AFC right now, the way Lamar Jackson's playing the quarterback position, Todd Munkin uh, as offensive mm-hmm. coordinator has completely changed this Ravens football team. You know they always have great defense. Their defensive front's ridiculous, leading the league in sacks. Linebackers Patrick McQueen and company are absolutely filthy. The Ravens are nasty. Outside of Baltimore, who do you think's the best team in the AFC? Well, we just talked about the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are right there, but also a team that you have to look out for is the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Browns have a Super Bowl winning defense. Their mm-hmm. defense with Miles Garrett, they have the back end, they have the front seven they're playing, they can stop the run, and they're able to run the football. If they can get back to where they were when Chubb was running the football and they had those three backs, if they can get those backs, Chubb is not playing, he's out for the year, but if they can get a little bit more out of those backs to be able to take some pressure off of Flacco because this is the playoffs. And now how Flacco's been throwing the football, you'll see a lot of different defenses and, and try to put pressure on Flacco. If they can run the football, and you know that Flacco's been able to throw the football down the field, they can be a sleeper. And I'll say Buffalo and I'll say the Cleveland Browns. I think I have to say I agree with you on both of those. Um, and again, Cleveland, just speaking about them, I mean, this is Joe Flacco. This man was – you know, throwing footballs with his father, hanging out on the couch with his family. He was at home, and all of a sudden he's come in here and he's put this. I mean, they've won four straight mm-hmm. games. He's pushing the ball vertically down the field. He's making amazing decisions. And him and David and uh, David and Joku, it's almost like they are sharing a brain. Uh, it, it's amazing uh, how 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 well involved it's just how he knows exactly what Njoku is going to do and Cooper and you look at Cooper Amari mm-hmm. Cooper you look at that and your tight end is always your best friend you know for a quarterback and sometimes when quarterbacks still have some physical some you know being able to throw the football after they retire their mind away from the game but they're still throwing they're still keeping in shape sometimes that can help you if you look at it he still has a strong enough arm to make the throws but when you look at him, he's calm and he's collective, and you can tell he's won a Super Bowl. And this Cleveland Browns team has the makeup of the Baltimore Ravens team when he yep. won the Super Bowl, so he's very comfortable in that offense. Man, I, I have to agree with you 100% on that one. It, it's just been fun to watch this Browns team. Again, they look better under Joe Flacco than they ever did with even Deshaun Watson, uh, Dorian Thomas-Robinson, I mean DTR. I mean, you look at this, Joe's got it going on. Speaking of basically the Browns, Kevin Stefanski, he could be coach of the year. Mm-hmm. John Harbaugh could be coach of the year. Um, heck, Brian Dayball, the way he's turned things around for the Buffalo Bills. Over the AFC, I have a feeling Sean Payton is not going to get your uh, your approval, but who do you think the coach of the year is in the AFC? Well, I'm just going to say overall, Johnny. When I, when I just look at the coach, like you just named a lot of coaches and I think when you look at some of these coaches is that they have such a good roster and they do very well you can kind of throw their name all the time but overall AFC NFC I'm gonna go with Dan Campbell oh the Lions yeah I'm I'm gonna go with Dan Campbell you know I I love what John Harbaugh has been able to do but if you look at his roster and, and they've been to the playoffs and you look at everything that they have you're like well yeah you know if they don't make the playoffs if they don't do well you you say it's not a good year but when you look at what the Detroit Lions have been 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 through and what they've done this year under Dan Campbell from last year. They won their division. They're playing good, and they are definitely a scary team in the NFC. So I'm going to say Dan Campbell. Give it to Dan. 
I love it. I love Dan Cable. My man's uh, drinking four Vente latte drinks or whatever from Starbucks. He's biting <laughs> people's kneecaps. Um, he's going for it. I, I really do like Dan Campbell. And this is a guy, by the way, who doesn't get, I think, enough credit for mm-hmm. the for, for what Jared Goff did because he fired – it was just two seasons ago. He fired the offensive coordinator, took over play callings before he went out and got his own OC. And then all of a sudden, you had a turnover machine in Jared Goff to now who protects the balls better than anybody. Dan Campbell, he's not just a maniac. He is a hell of a football coach. Uh, He definitely is. He really, really is. And he's just a great interview as well. Now, if we talk about Kansas City Chiefs, I feel like, you know, we know Pat Mahomes. We know, you know, Super Bowl champs. We know this team has been absolutely phenomenal. They've been the class of the AFC the last few years since Mahomes has taken over uh, in Kansas City. This year, though, they look very pedestrian. Their wide receivers are dropping too many balls. They're not lining mm-hmm. up correctly. Um, they're fa- they're faltering in the fourth quarter, which is something that you don't see with Andy Reid teams. Is this a team that you can you believe has a chance to still put it together? Or is this just an average Kansas City, you know, Kansas City Chiefs teams who's going to lose pretty early in the playoffs? Well, I'm not going to say they're going to lose in the playoffs, but I do. If you look at the past couple of weeks, they are an average team. But when you have Andy Reid and you have Patrick Mahomes, you always have a chance to, to fix things and get things right when it comes to the playoffs. So it's hard to go against those two. But when you look at it, what is the difference in this year's team? Well, the difference in this year's team, we, we talked about Josh Allen. Well, Patrick Mahomes is in a similar situation is that everything is on Patrick Mahomes now. He has to do everything. He's running more than he has to. He doesn't have confidence in his wide receivers, so now he's skeptical about throwing to certain wide receivers. He's holding the football longer than he usually should, trying to find Kelsey. If Kelsey's not open, he doesn't really know who to throw the football to. So with that being said, the wide receiver core has to step up because Kelsey, if you go into the playoffs, you say, hey, let's double Kelsey. Which one of these wide receivers do you think can get it together and can catch the football on a consistent basis in the playoffs? That's going to be the biggest question because they don't have Tyreek Hill. When you have Tyreek Hill, it changes the perplexion of your defense. You have to play over the top. You have to play either you're going to get Kelsey or you're going to get Tyreek Hill. You don't have that, and neither of these other receivers have stepped up. I do think when they get to the playoffs, they have a good defense, but this is not the same scary, explosive team that we're accustomed to. For the first time in his history, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's traveling on the road for the playoff game. That lets you know how this team has fallen. Oh, man, NFL action. It's been um, absolutely amazing this year. It's down to the last week of the season. I mean, I can't believe it's gone this absolutely fast. Uh, it, it's wild, but there is kind of something I was looking at and thinking about. I asked the text line this a little earlier. Right now, John Harbaugh's team in Baltimore just looks – I mean, the way they rolled the San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. in San Francisco, the way they dismantled the Miami Dolphins, the way this team is playing at all levels. I mean, and special teams, Justin Tucker, who's a better kicker than him? I mean, they have it all. Mm-hmm. Who's more likely to win a champion in the Harbaugh family? Jim is one game away, and John's got to go all the way to the Super Bowl. Who do you think's more likely to win – the championship, John or Jim? Give, give me a push. I'm going to say a push. I think both of the Harbaugh's win a Super Bowl this year, and I think Jim wins it first. I, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I think he wins it against Washington, and I think John comes and Lamar Jackson against all the naysayers finally puts it together, 
has a great playoff run. They only have to win two games at home and then the big one. And I and I said the Baltimore Ravens will win the Super Bowl this year going against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't know about the Eagles right now, but I think I think the Baltimore Ravens will be in the Super Bowl and they will win it. I think both of the Harbaugh's win a Super Bowl this year. I mean, win a wow. championship. Wow. That talk about and by the way, I don't know if you saw any of this uh video. Did you see after the Michigan game um Jim Harbaugh's uh parents, his wife uh, I mean, well, I mean, I'm sorry, John, Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh's mother and father. Did you see them after the mm-hmm. game by any chance? Yes, yes. And people don't know that, that their father was an outstanding coach as well. But, you know, everything that Michigan has, has went through this year and, you know, I'm not picking sides, but I'm just saying for the kids and for them to be, be able to continue to win football games and go against an Alabama team, which many didn't think that Alabama would be in there. Mm-hmm. But Michigan showed why. They've been the number one team, and they played against a good Alabama team. Listen, Alabama got in. They beat Georgia. Georgia had, had only lost one game in two in two years, back-to-back championships. This Michigan team is for real. They're going against Washington, which is, which is really different. But, but Michigan can run the football. They, can, they, can, they play great defense. They can stop the run. And they also have pass rushers that can get after the pass. It's going to be a really good game, different styles. But I like Michigan. Ooh, like Michigan. I would say one thing that I like, um, and, and, and I just got to ask your question again. I didn't mean to jump off on this college game, uh, but Michael Penix Jr., a lot of people in the, you know, I guess haven't seen him enough to understand how talented this young man is. He's, he's, he's overcome mm-hmm. four major injuries. He had to leave Indiana, go out to Washington. They've now won 21 straight games with him under center. They're playing for a national championship. My man looks like an NFL quarterback. I never played in the league. You did. What does he look like to you? He is. He's he's definitely an NFL caliber quarterback. You look at how he surveys the field. He gets the football out of his hand. He has a quick release. He can throw the deep ball. I mean, he has pinpoint accuracy. He's mobile enough to get outside of the rush. And what he's been able to overcome, two major uh, knee surges. You look at his numbers in college and how he's won games and the numbers that he's been able to put up. It's very similar to Patrick Mahomes when he was at Texas Tech. But this guy here definitely is an NFL-caliber quarterback, no doubt about it. I am so there right there with you. The quick release, um, you know, I was actually listening to somebody, and I almost fell over laughing. Uh, I was on the NFL Network, and they were like, that quirky throwing left-handed motion, you know. I'm like, dude, Boomer Esiason was left-handed. Michael Vick was left-handed. You think, like, no other left-handed quarterbacks played in the league? Like, what are you talking about? Um, Just... Steve Young. Steve, Steve Young. Young. You know, Again, I didn't even think about bringing up Steve. I mean. Yeah. You, you know, uh, you don't see a whole lot of left-hand quarterbacks. But I tell you what, when you see the left-hand quarterbacks that have been in the National Football League, all of them have played played great. And, you know, I, I, you know, he gets with the right team. I mean, just looking at the intangibles, man, he can throw the football all over the yard, and he can virtually make any throw. He can make the touch pass. I mean, he can make the back shoulder fade. He can throw it on a line. He can throw the deep ball. I mean, he's he's a really good one. And I think my favorite thing about him is if he sees single coverage, he gives his wide receiver an opportunity to go get the football. He's not afraid of it. He recognizes it off the like uh, like extremely quickly. And a man, hey, if, if he's got his wide receiver against you know single coverage. I love the fact that he's always going to take it. Now, back to the National Football League. What the heck is wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles? Johnny, it's all about their defense. I mean, when you look at their front seven, their front seven is not playing the way they usually should play. When you look at the last four or five games, they're last in virtually every defensive category. They're they're ranked dead last. And 
I don't know if they can get it fixed. You know, I thought that they could get it fixed, but just looking at them play, they're giving up a ton of points. They're not getting pressure on the quarterback. They're not able to stop the run. They're terrible in the red zone. It's going to be interesting to see. I picked this team to go to the Super Bowl, but they're not playing complimentary football. And you knew coming in for me, I thought their weak spot was their secondary. Um, when you look at Bradbury on the other side, he's giving up a lot of throws, a lot of pass interference calls, and they're just not playing – with their strengths, and to me, their strength is their front seven. And if their front seven can't get to the quarterback and play with their strengths with all those guys they have, their secondary isn't good enough to uphold, to be able to negate what the front seven is not doing. So it's, it's, it's really their defense. Their defense is not playing of the caliber. Man, it's just it, it's wild to think um, like this Eagles team at one point looked unstoppable. They were what ten and one. Uh, the tush push, everything. Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind, and now it just feels like everything has just fallen apart. And the back end, also, you know, you talk about the the front seven. That secondary has been just kind of getting picked apart lately. But again, once the postseason gets here, things could change. Now, Dallas or the Lions. Which team do you believe in more? We we saw this crazy game, went down to a two-point conversion. Dallas, um, you know, the Lions scored. They threw it to 68. They said 70 is the one who checked in. Uh, you saw Dan Campbell freak out. But it was a very tight football game in Big D. Detroit, you talked about how you love Dan Campbell. Do you trust the Cowboys in the playoffs or the Lions? Which one do you trust more? Well, it, you know, I don't want to be biased, but – the Dallas Cowboys over the past 30 something years haven't proven to you that they can win playoff games year in and year out. They come in and they can't win playoff games, but I do think this year could be different. I think, I think it's wide open. I think anyone can win it. And I think the biggest thing now that I think if you can believe in the Cowboys is that they can have the number two overall seed. That makes a difference because they'll get a chance to play a game at home. They don't lose games at home. And if they can get the number one, the number two seed, if they can win this week, this weekend here against Washington and Philadelphia, it really doesn't matter. If, if, if the Dallas can be, Dallas Cowboys can beat the Washington Commanders, they're in. And playing at home, I think they can win. But I still trust the Detroit Lions overall to go farther than the Dallas Cowboys. It's just hard to trust the Dallas Cowboys. Can Dak Prescott continue to play the way he's been playing? He's playing an MVP type of year. But what's different to me with the Dallas Cowboys this year, they don't have those explosive plays from Tony Pollard in that run game. They're not running the football like they've been able to do last year, and that could be a huge problem in the playoffs because if you put a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott, he has to throw the football a lot of times, even though he has CeeDee Lamb, I think he's prone to throw interceptions. I'm, a, I, I'm with you right there. Um, two guys that I feel are super, super stars. Uh, we still overlook them a little bit. C.D. Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like both of these guys straight up get the job done. Which one do you think is the better wide receiver? Well, I, I really do love both of them. But, but I'm, I'm going to say C.D. Lamb. And the reason why I say C.D. Lamb, because when you look at – uh, St. Brown, he, he usually just plays in the slot, and that's what C.D. Lamb was coming out of college. He was just strictly a slot receiver that could run after the catch and get a mismatch with linebackers, get a match up with safeties. Now, he has taken his game to another level. He's lining up all over the field. He's lining up outside. He's lining up in the slot. He's coming out of the backfield. He's making back shoulder plays. He's making incredible catches. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards C.D. Lamb, but I love how his game has really progressed. He has definitely shown over the past couple of years he's more than a slot receiver, and he's a number one wide receiver. He's proven that. Copeland, 
I appreciate you so much. It is Russell Copeland. It is a new year. We got a lot going on. It's week 18 of the National Football League. Next week, think about it. We'll be talking about the playoffs. I'm so excited, but I do want to say, like, seriously, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everything. I hope you have a wonderful 2024. And again, uh, we're going to be doing again this next week, but next week we're going to be talking about the playoffs. Can't wait, man. Looking forward to it, man. It should be a really great playoffs 2024. Man, Russell Copeland, you be blessed, my friend. We're going to take a quick timeout. Come back on the other side because we got a little hardwood because it feels so good. But you know I love text messages. Did you know that? Uh, Okay. I mean, I like text messages. Did you know that there's this idiot named Rex who texts me this? The Rock was on Monday Night Raw, and the wrestling class hasn't been asked about it for 15 minutes. Do you know what else was going on Monday night, dude? Um, Was Monday night New Year's Day? I think so. John, I've been thinking today's Tuesday all day. I'm trying. I I Um, thought today's Tuesday all morning. Alabama playing who? Oh, that's right, Michigan. Michigan, And there was Texas and Washington. Sorry, Rex. I wasn't watching Raw, buddy. And if you want to sit there and say it's been such a horrible segment and you feel bad for Dustin Starr, well, do me a favor, Rex. Turn the dial, Holmes. Mm. Don't you dare touch the dial anybody outside of Rex's. But Rex, get out of here. Rex, get out of And do me a favor, man. Make sure you, hey, man, when the national championship game's on, man, you put on that raw, buddy. We're back in two shakes. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by DeSoto Auto Sales. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I am Not your buddy, time. Brett Norsworthy. And I'm Brian. Oh, I'm still Brian Dacus. You're still I'm Brian Dacus. That's right. That's right. No, I wish I was Brett Norsworthy. That means I'd be extremely wise, smart, and I would have a very, very good memory. Oh, my goodness. Um, I am excited because we're about to get to a little hardwood wood because it feels so good. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. There was something before the whole Dacus um, – Brett Norsworthy thing, and I completely uh, just erased my memory. I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. It is my fault because I put the rejoin in. Well, I mean, hey, I'm not here to blame. I'm just a nice guy. You know how I am. Uh, One thing I do have to say, though, uh, before I get into the segment, did you hear about the College of Biblical Studies this week? Uh, I did. They they got killed by Grambling's women's basketball team last night, Joe. 159 to 18. Like... 159 to 18? Is that really possible? Guess so. I mean, I, I saw this and I thought to myself, this can't be real. Um, I just, it can't be real. But it, it was real. And speaking of real, dude, Caitlin Clark is unreal. Is she not? Shot was late. Buzz was That's where off. I was going. Yep. That's where I was going. Caitlin Clark, she is, quote, what, the Steph Curry of college basketball. Yeah. She's like the Michael Jordan of college, LeBron James. Right. She's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And by the way, by the way, sliced bread, why is that so great? Because uh, you make sandwiches with it, John. Yeah, man, but I kind of like actually like if they was, you know, baked in like a bakery. Like if you go to mm. La Baguette and stuff, mm. like they're, man. Never done mm. that. You try it. You've never been to La Baguette? Uh-uh. Oh, son, you are missing out, dude. <laughs> you are missing out. From the almond, uh, whatever, croissant, to 
little egg, a little sausage, maybe some bacon. Mm, son, you better check it out. Um, my whole point was I forgot now. What was I talking uh, about? You're talking about Caitlin uh, Clark is the best thing since sliced bread. Oh, yeah. She's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But the clock, like she shot it after the clock. She did. And nobody checked it or did anything about it. Well, I think I think they did check it, and then they were all just like, oh, this this would be a great story. Like, oh, Game winner from yeah. Caitlin Clark, uh-huh. even though well, it was after the, the buzzer. How about that? It was a deep shot. Sure was. And it was all, I mean, I'm going to give her some serious credit. I mean, it was a great shot. But it was late. They did win, and she is nasty, but I don't know. Sometimes things are just a little bit weird. Now, i got to remind you all that life is peaks and valleys, right? That's right. It's how you deal with those valleys to get back on top of those peaks. If you're having a, having a tough day, just put it behind you. Don't think about Don't fret. Don't stress. Go home and make you a lemon drop. Make sure it's with Tito's Handmade Vodka. It's the best spirit around. It's the spirit that I drank with my family during Christmas holidays. It's the spirit that I drank during New Year's. It's the spirit that I always go to. And it's also crafted and distilled here in the United States down in Austin, Texas. And it's six times distilled and distilled in classic copper pots. It has a very unique flavor, slightly sweet with that black pepper note. It balances everything out. Doesn't matter if you're crafting a cocktail or you're drinking it neat. Get your Tito's on today. Let's go to Hardenwood. This is Access Hardenwood. Uh-oh, we got a, a feud between two a-holes. Like, one is a... How do I say this? Like, you got Jimmy... Ken- like, what do you think about Jimmy Kenimo and Aaron Rodgers? Like, what do you think about them that that is similar? Um, They're both celebrities. Yeah, they're both celebrities. I'll give you that. That's all I've got. They're both men. They are both men. Okay, so you've gotten two things. All right, that's about it. That's all I got. They're also both, like, um, I would say self-righteous, self-important gas bags who are full of crap. I can see that as well. Well, now they're in a fight. Do you know what this fight is over? I do not know. So, you know, Jimmy Kimmel was making fun of Aaron Rodgers on his uh, late night show over and over for not getting vaccinated. Mm. Um, Aaron Rodgers did not appreciate it. Um, So Aaron Rodgers then fired back a few times and basically came out there and said that uh, he can't wait to see when Jimmy Kimmel pops up on the Jeffrey Epstein uh, flight log. Nice. Then Jimmy Kimmel comes back and says that he's going to sue Aaron Rodgers for slander. And this was all on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. And now Pat McAfee is coming out today and apologize for his involvement in this growing beef. Mm. Does Pat need to apologize or was that not great? I thought it was great. Uh, I mean, I don't think he needs to apologize. I mean, he didn't tell... Uh, Aaron Rodgers to say what Aaron Rodgers said. So, I mean, he can't control what Aaron Rodgers says on his show. Oh, no, he can't. But again, I mean, and, and is Kimmel, Kimmel actually going to be able to... Like, here's here's what Kimmel, Kimmel put on Facebook. I mean, on, on the X. He said, Dear asshole, for the record, I've not met, flown, or visited, or had any contact with Epstein, nor will you ever find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself can seem to distinguish from rea- can't st- can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. 
Keep it up, and we'll debate the facts further in court. Shut up, Jimmy Kimmel. Your show sucks. Does anybody watch those losers? Like, um, I don't think anybody watches that stupid Stephen Colbert or Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon has one of the most toxic work environments in all the world. All of his people are suing him because Jimmy Fallon's an a-hole. Jimmy Kimmel was the dude on the man show who basically did sexual assault gestures while people looked through peepholes and drank beer and talked about boobs. And now he's all self-righteous. He's left and he's woke. He loves the tease. Like if you're a man that's pretending to be a woman, he loves you. And then what's that other uh, dork down the uh, down the dial? I, I don't know. Stephen Colbert is that his name? I don't know. Might be the dumbest person on planet Earth. I'm look. I'll be honest. I'm I am glad, but not glad at the same time that your former producer is not in this seat right now because he would have all these answers for you. But I think he also likes this shit. So well, he's also a left winging liberal who lives with his parents. He's a liberal snowflake. That's right. Yeah, I mean, go, hey, do me a favor, Flake. <laughs> and by the way, I do love him. I do love him I in reality. I'm just I'm doing a radio I, show. I know you are. But he is a left winging woke, silly boy. He's a silly boy. Just so you know, everybody eventually grows up. Even Peter Pan. That's right. Did he have to grow up? Oh, I don't know. You know, he defeated Captain Hook, and so I think that was, you know, let him be a let him be a boy forever. But 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 the whole point was is all these late night guys are big jokes. They can make fun of people. They can say things that they think are funny. But my God, you say one thing about them, and they're freaking out. Jimmy Kimmel. I will say the man show was so much better than any of the three late night shows that they have on. The man show? Yeah, you never saw the man show? Uh-huh. Jimmy Kimmel, that's where he got to start. Oh, interesting. He did a, uh, on Comedy Central, he did a show, it was about drinking beers and boobs and. Interesting. And um, misogyny. It was right down my alley, Sounds okay? Like it was it. a great show. <laughs> I have to say, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy beer. I, lo- I enjoy boobs. Hey, I mean, it's. Uh, and by the way, can I be two honest? Two of the seven any, wonders in the world. I don't think anybody doesn't. Like, I don't think there's anybody out there who's like, I just don't like boobs. Mm. Girls like boobs. I'm telling you, it's the truth. Yeah. So um, that's going on. And then there was some weird, 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 weird stuff going on around the sports. Like, did you see um, Jackson Mahomes? I did not. Well, you know how uh, he was in trouble for trying to stick his tongue down some woman's throat when she didn't want it? That's right. Yeah, that was uh, about a year ago. Yep, sure was. Well, um, prosecutors who were working on felony charges against Jackson Mahomes now have come out and said the victim, the alleged victim against Patrick Mahomes' little brother is no longer cooperating. Um, He was charged with aggravated sexual battery. Uh, The court documents and prosecutors say that the restaurant owner who first accused Jackson of forcibly kissing her, who's also, there's video of doing this, who was pressing charges, has now all of a sudden dismissed her involvement and basically said nothing has happened and she will not speak to prosecutors or the police. Wow. Let me take a reckless speculation. Uh, Are you ready for this? Yep. You're good. There's a guy who walked into her restaurant with a bag of cash. Mm. Dropped it. Left it there and said, do as you must, do as you may, but keep this money. And Jackson uh, Mahomes out of jail. You see what I say? Yeah. Bing, bang, boom. 
She's got her done. cash. She's getting it done. Jackson Mahomes, the little TikTok dancer. Like, could you imagine being Pat's dad? I mean, Patrick Mahomes' father, Pat Mahomes. And you have one kid who's a superstar NFL athlete. And then you have one who's a TikTok dancer. Damn, he should have stopped. Money, I guess. He should have stopped after the first one. Mm. Well, I mean, he, he saw I mean, how successful stopped. the first one was. And then made his second yeah, one, and he's successful too. He I had mean. no clue what was coming down, um, coming down. And then hey, David Tech. Good money in TikTok, John. I mean, you Is it really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he has sponsorship deals and stuff too. Oh yeah, good money. Man, um, I like some. I like. I ain't gonna lie to you. A lot of people say that TikTok's like bad or whatever. I mean, it is if you actually believe the stuff that you're seeing on the TikTok. But there can be some very interesting things on TikTok. Here's what I've learned the thing to do is you start on TikTok, you gain a following on TikTok, and then you go over to YouTube and Twitch, and then you use all of those as income, and then you get sponsors and stuff like that, and now that becomes your full-time job, basically. Well, I'd like that job. David Tever, uh, he's super rich. You know that, right? Yeah, his job is throwing drinks at, uh, at opposing Actually, cars, his John. job is being a billionaire. Uh, it's certainly not running a football He's game. been a hell of a Terrible head. He was that. one of the best head funge, uh, head funge funds. I can't speak. Charm, I can't John. breathe through my nose. Hedge fund managers. Uh, Damn. Like my sinuses and my mouth, my throat. Anyway, the billionaire who was great at his job has been a terrible owner. He also picked Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Well, he got so upset last weekend that he, from his booth, threw his drink on fans. Not a very smart move, right? No, no, not at all. Uh, my man was fined by the NFL. How much money do you think? How much throwing um, drinks on your fans? Did I saw you get? it. It was pretty. It was pretty hefty, John. It was three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. But do you know how much how much that is of his net worth? No, probably about pennies. 0.00015% of his net worth. Yeah, he uses that much money as, as, you know, tissue paper. My man can, man, he could wipe his, his behind yep, with gold sure bricks can. and still be all right. Panthers are terrible, though. What is it, 2 and 14? 15? 2 and 15? Yeah, uh, two and two fourteen. They play their seventeenth game this week. You're right, uh, and they're absolutely terrible. But yes, he is extremely rich and um, extremely terrible. A nice, a nice little thing. Did you see what Demar Hamlin got? Uh, no, I, I did not. He got a tattoo on his neck. Do you know why? My buddy got a tattoo on his neck, um, and his is his uh, stage name, so I'm not sure what Wait, his stage name? Who's your buddy? He's a rapper. Um, I don't know why. It just freaks me out that you're, like, say you hanging out with 8-Ball MJG? No. Lil Boosie? They're a little older than I am. Um, No, I don't know. What do you get tattooed on his neck? So do you like the song Mr. Big? No, I, I, yeah, I, I, I enjoy that music. I like Um, it, I like it. So what, what did DeMar Hamlin get tattooed on his neck, John? He got now. tattoo of a, a hand. three. No, oh. two hands put together, and it creates a heart. Ah, oh, that little sign that he Because created. it was just a year ago yesterday was that he really? collapsed on the field when they were wow. playing the Bengals. So it's been one that. year since DeMar Hamlin. That's unbelievable. Had an absolute scare. But the thing I have to say is you're still not the comeback player of the year, son. 
It's Joe freaking Flacco. That's one of those moments, John. I was not around for 9-11. I was one years old, so I don't remember a single second of it. Um, a lot of other events that people say you'll never forget where you were when that happened. Damar Hamlin's collapse, that will be a day that I'll never forget where I was when it happened. I was at Walmart. You were at Walmart? I was at Walmart, yep. Running errands at Walmart. Connor was working the game. Called me, said, uh, I think a guy just died on the field. And I go, excuse me? And so then I pulled it up and started watching, and it was incredible. He was like, "Do I? does that mean I get to leave early? He was like, what do, what do I do? And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't think this has ever happened before. I don't know. Well, then we called you, and you go, I don't think this has ever happened before. I don't know. Yeah, that was a, great. That was a very fascinating. Yeah, it was, yeah, I it can't was believe that was just over a year ago. Hard to believe. Good um, for tomorrow, though. That's awesome. ESPN is apologizing. They're not apologizing for giving us terrible, terrible TV shows now in the morning. Get Up is stupid. Mike Greenberg is the most annoying idiot on planet Earth. I'm so tired of listening to the Jets. Kimberly Martin doesn't know her head from her you-know-what. Um, Mike Golick, or not Mike Golick, um... Jeff Saturday, no, you couldn't coach in Indy, but you can come back and do some pancakes. Like, they have the dumbest show. And then don't get me started on first take. The only time I like it is when they have uh, Mad Dog, and he came on today. Because Mad Dog, I don't know how ESPN continues to let him do it. Did you see him eat gummies on TV the other day? <laughs> Did he really? He was That's screaming great. in the in the thing. He's like, I lost 10 grand on this game and 10 grand on this game. No, 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 no. And then he's like, he pulled out of his pocket. He's like, I got to eat like three gummies just to calm down. That's hilarious. And he ate them. So that's the only thing I like. But him and Stephen A. Smith arguing all the time. It just it doesn't feel extremely entertaining. It really doesn't. I'm not a fan of ESPN. I like their games. I think their shows are terrible. Now, um... One thing that they did right, they're apologizing for. Okay. So if you were paying attention Monday, instead of watching Wrestling Rex, you moron. Oh, let me watch The Rock on Wrestling. Well, I was Live watching San Diego. I was watching the Sugar Bowl Behind the Rose and Bowl. the Rose Bowl. Granddaddy Mall. And when ESPN was doing the Sugar Bowl, they did a little pan where they were going down um, Bourbon <laughs> yeah, Street. Yeah, sure did. And what happens on Bourbon Street when you throw a girl some beads? She catches them. She shows her boobs. That's right. You don't get beads without before, showing your boobs. But that happens before. In the in the process of getting beads, you have to show your boobs first and then get beads. Well, this young lady um, showed her breast, and ESPN was doing their walkthrough, and they have come out. It's the only thing I've seen good on ESPN outside of the games lately, and now they're apologizing to everybody for showing boobs. John, I'm surprised people caught that when it happened because I completely missed it. Maybe it was because I wasn't paying attention because nothing was happening and they were just you know coming back from break. Completely missed it and then people were posting it on Twitter and was like, uh, this is just what was shown on ESPN and I had to like watch it a couple times before I finally realized what was in the, the video and I was like, oh, that's funny. They were boobs. They, they in fact were. Now, David Ortiz, um, and by the way, these gender reveal parties... Getting out of hand, John. Getting a little out of hand. Number one, because again, somebody tried to tell me the other day that gender is fluid. And I don't understand what that means. Are you born with a Johnson or are you born mm. with not? Mm. That's the question. Well, Big so Poppy. either blue or pink, right? Well, Big Poppy uh, was doing his gender reveal. And you know he played pro baseball. Dude hit home runs like it was going out of style. Right. I mean, him and the Red Sox were ridiculous. Once that man left the Twins organization and got on some good steroids, he was awesome at baseball. Do you think it was the juice? Uh, you know, who knows? Couldn't have hurt. Couldn't have hurt. Couldn't have hurt. Well, I guess certainly could have with his, you know, Hall of Fame status, but... 
And exactly. yeah, everybody right. loves Big Poppy. <laughs> well, my man, again, 10-time All-Star, 541 career home runs. He is at a gender reveal, and at the gender reveal party, my man is going to swing a bat and hit some balloons. I'm sorry, is it his, his baby's gender reveal Yeah, it's his party? baby. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's his baby. I didn't know if he like, showed up to like, his friends, and they were like, Poppies! Swing to tell us who our baby, what you know, gender our baby is. Well, my man was supposed to either hit a blue or a pink balloon, and smoke was supposed to pop of it. The problem is, is he must have had too much Tito's, because my man whiffed. Yikes. He oh, whiffed. Yeah. It's been a couple years since he's been in the league. But damn, dude, he was he, 541 career home runs, and he, and he whiffs. Ugh, yeah, and that's a big, I mean, that moment is, is almost bigger than any home run he hit in, in Major League Baseball, because, you know, you're going to get... Yeah, people are going to make fun of you for that for the rest of your life. Yeah, that will be out there for sure. Uh, Big Poppy, though. Um, we're going to talk on the other side, though, about a bet. we got to make one bet. we got to find one winner today. Well, we can find it because it's Winner Wednesday, Sports 56, 98.5 FM. We are real sports talk. Sports 56, WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus. Big thanks to Russell Copeland. Big thanks to Dustin Starr, who joined us earlier in the program. Um, i got to also say big thanks to Cub Montague on the Twitter. Brian Dacus, it looks like we were both wrong about Caitlin Clark um, in the buzzer beater. Okay. Got a great picture right here with the ball out of her hand. And still one tenth of a second on the clock. See now that's the that's the thing. I'm glad um, that our, our our friend sent that picture because um, that was the thing. Is when you went and watched the the video, you could see you couldn't see you um, couldn't see the, the board. No the backboard. You, you couldn't see you the could backboard. See was on the on the graphics. the zeros. The graphics. And so that's why I had questions about it whether it was or or wasn't um, because you know you can never trust the uh, the, the graphic score. Or, Let me just tell you time. something. That lady is straight buckets. No, she's awesome. Like, is she the best player in basketball yes. right now? And I'm and I'm talking about the WNBA and college. I'm talking about the WNBA college and men's college basketball. Dude, she's sick. Yeah. She is a sick freak. Now, I talked about Oklahoma City. This team is damn good. And, yes, they play a doubleheader because they're on a back-to-back. They're on the road playing the Hawks. But this Thunder team's won five in a row. They aren't afraid. Shea Gillis-Alexander is the truth. I think the Hawks get smacked. You got OKC right now, only minus one and a half. I don't care. They're a young basketball team. Their legs are going to be fine. They put away the Celtics last night. They're going to go down to Hotlanta, and they're going to put them away as well. So I'm going to rock with the Thunder. The Grizzlies game, I am not touching. I don't like the one and a half point line. Grizzlies at home on a back-to-back, one and a half line. I'm not sure how healthy everybody and their grandmother is. 
But I will be watching 7 o'clock from FedEx Foreign. So uh, go Grizzlies. I hope everybody had a wonderful Wednesday. I hope you're having a wonderful 2024. For Brian Dacus, I am John Harden. Y'all do me a favor. Get out there. Make this world a better place. We'll see you on the flip side. Peace. Another day.